0: Hello, good evening everyone, welcome to Wednesday nights, this is why we have the Psalms, some of you are listening via podcast, and if you are, I hope you enjoy it, we always enjoy our time here because we can read comments and... um, you know, just generally figure out what's going on in one, one another's lives a little bit. As you hop on, quite a few people are already hopping on. Go ahead and just leave us a comment. Let us know that you're here. And then we're going to jump right in tonight. I will let you know right out of the gate that uh, back by popular demand, well, frankly, just back because I wanted him back, my friend and your friend, Brandon Kirsten, I just love hanging out with his brother. And uh, there he is. We were going to pull him in tonight through... Uh, a little zoom thing, but his camera wasn't working well, so here we are. So it looks like we have already a good group building. So good. Tonight we are looking at Psalm number forty. If you want to be a little hoity-toity and snotty, and your friend says Psalms forty, you can say nope. It's Psalm forty because Psalms is a collection of uh, of individual psalms. So each psalm is its own, right? Yeah. So there we are. These are prayers and so on that were often set to music. Brandon, is Anna with you? She's not. She's not. Oh, well.
1: Otherwise I'd make her sing it.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. It's all good. It probably sound better in Hebrew anyway. It would have sounded better in Hebrew. All right. What's up Megan and Elsie and Wanda and uh, let's see, Diane and Brian, William and Sherry and others that are... Looking on say hello hit the share button if you will speaking of which I need to do that And then we are going to jump right in Brandon Glad you're joining us man. Tell the people how your day's been while I'm sharing this out there. What'd you do today?
1: Yeah, my day's been good. Did some work. Had lunch with uh, old pastor Luke and pastor Kira, so that was good Um, We went to go to a pho place in Destin, which we had a gift card for that is uh i think now closed permanently so i don't know what that gift card's gonna be good for um yeah my day's been good and then, uh squeezed in a little bike ride um before jumping on this this call with you
0: did you take anybody with you to the bike ride uh i ride with a couple couple guys we ride like three times a week or so so yeah. i met up with them are they safe uh, and sound
1: They are safe
0: and sound. Yeah, good, because it didn't go so well for me last week. Um, Here we go. Psalm number 40, verses 1 through 8. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. It says, It's to the choir master, a psalm of David. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction. Out of the miry bog he... Set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. And he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. And many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord, my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. I will proclaim and tell them, yet they are more than can be told sacrifice and offering you have not desired but you have given me an open ear burnt offering and sin offering you have not required then I said behold I have come in the scroll of the book it is written of me I desire to do your will oh my god your law is within my heart there we go so Brandon as we jump in there you and I have not dialogued at all about this much we talk a little bit about Jesus but what thoughts do you have just right out of the gate what stands out
1: yeah so I read through this song I want to say maybe like two weeks ago or so so I was looking through my notes and um, a couple of things jumped out at me just I saw Jesus in a lot of it and so when you see uh, and I'm trying not to read that into the text too much but I am trying to where it is there read it and uh, So you see, you know, set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure, Um, you see that jumped out at me. And then the last verse that you read, verse 8, I delight to do your will, oh my God, your law is within my heart.
0: Yeah. And so, um, yeah, those two things jumped out at me for sure. I like that one a lot. I'm actually going to set you up right here beside me and uh, in this high tech studio that I've got going. Yep so there you are i like it you're there all right so i'm gonna jump in on verse one uh i waited patiently hey brandon can you mute yourself until uh all right because it's getting a little bit of feedback here we go um i waited patiently for the lord and the thought that i had there and hey give us your comments as well and hey heather i see you there um so many here we are here we go all right so i waited patiently for the lord And I just thought, I hate waiting. That was my thought when I read that. I hate waiting. I don't like waiting. I'm impatient. I want it now. I want to know how things are going to work out now. Waiting for me is never easy. And then my mind instantly went to Isaac and Ishmael. You know, God promised uh, Abram and Sarai a son, and uh, it wasn't happening. Both he and she were very old, beyond childbearing ages per usual. And then they concoct a plan whereby Abram will attempt to conceive a son through the maidservant Hagar, does so, Ishmael is born, and then only later is Isaac conceived as the child of promise through through Sarah, I believe at that point in time, Sarai, name change. Um, nevertheless, um, the the two boys were at odds from there on out. It just created so much strife, so much tension, it's kind of like you can get what you want, but you won't want it when you get it if you rush ahead of God. So you can make some things happen, but I, I go back to the words of Jason Upton, the singer-songwriter. He said, whenever you get tired of living according to human effort, the life of divine promise is always waiting. So you'll get things, and you'll think, man, that was great, but what is the thing that God had for you had you waited for God? It comes to my mind that um, I didn't I didn't have very good like dating principles, um, and I... I, it seemed that whenever I was a teenager, I just kind of early college went from one girlfriend to another girlfriend to another girlfriend. <clears throat> and I remember when I was in Bible college, the Lord was like, "Why don't you just give up dating and see if I can bring the the perfect person to you, the right person?" And whenever I swore off dating, um, at that point in time, the Lord brought Elizabeth in my life, and I didn't even really have to go looking for her. Uh, she just came came right there, and it was it was it, and I knew it. She knew it. I knew it. Um, And it was right. And so uh, I think that there's something to be said for waiting, waiting on God's best, waiting on God's timing, not rushing ahead. You might, and you might end up paying for what you do for a long, 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 long time. There are consequences to moving ahead of God's pace. It isn't that God can't use it and redeem it. I'm just saying from personal experience, it's always better to wait on God's best. So what God brings is always worth the wait. I remember we wait on the Lord. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength, mount up with wings as eagles, and then I'll throw in one more. And then Brandon, I want to hear your reflections on verse one. There, um, he said, God heard my cry, and the cry. Anytime you see the cry in the Old Testament from God's people, it's always going back to the Exodus when they were oppressed, when they were enslaved. They cried out to the God, cry to God, cry language is always about deliverance. It always reminds them of the God who delivered them before. And they know that when they cried out to God before, God delivered them then. So God will deliver them again. We can only wait on God if we think God hears us. We can only wait on God if we actually think God hears us when we cry out. So sometimes we don't pray because we don't think God hears. Sometimes we don't cry out because we don't think God hears. Sometimes we don't wait because we think God doesn't care. But God does care. And God is always late by your clock. God is not concerned with being on time. I remember whenever we were doing revival services and missionary work in the Global South, uh, they were on a different clock than what we were on. Church started whenever there was a critical mass, and they were in no hurry, and we would spend hours lingering in the presence of the Lord. Sometimes I think in America we have everything by the clock, but we might miss the presence, you know, and I, I miss those days in Argentina for sure. But we wait on the Lord because God hears us. Brandon, what you got? What you thinking?
1: Um, question for you, actually. He inclined to me. Explain that to me a little bit.
0: I think it means God leaned in. Okay. You know, because in, a, in another verse, it's about to say that God dug ears for him. I think that yeah. there's, if you cry out and God inclines, now you can research that, but I think that it means that God, you know, if you incline yourself towards someone, you're moving towards someone, you're leaning into someone, you're listening to someone. That's my yeah. thought. That's my thought.
1: Yeah, that's that's cool too, because then it's a give and take. It's uh, yeah, it's you and God, not just one or the other. It's both, which is cool.
0: It is cool. So, uh, verse two, he drew me up out of the pit of destruction, and we're only going one through eight tonight. Uh, from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog. What a great word, bog. Did you hear?
1: Did you hear, Pastor Luke's? Uh, I think it was yesterday, or maybe it was Monday, where he talked about the muck.
0: No. Oh, I saw yeah. the title. I didn't watch it yet. What did he say? Yeah. Oh, he was just talking about how
1: they went on a field trip. He was telling a story about how they went on a field trip or something, and they had to dig back this, like, muck. Yeah. And uh, you had to peel the layer off, but then you realized, like, all this good stuff that was in it. Something like that. And that reminded me of that, but I
0: will... No, keep going, dude. Keep going. I was just looking over here. I see Miss Joyce came in. Sometimes we make so much noise that we can't hear God. We have to wait patiently and be still. Then he turns toward us and changes the very song that we sing, the noise we make, uh, pure petitions. He opens our ears and our eyes. Thank you, Joyce. Um, All right, verse 2. So he drew him up out of the pit of destruction. The pit is uh, Sheol. It's the realm of the dead. So the situation was dire. David wants you to know that he was in a he was in a pickle he was in a fix. it was real and so when you think that when you're following God things are always good, you need to read Psalm 40 because David is like he drew me up out of the pit out of the grave basically I was as good as dead. So whatever brought the psalmist down, God lifted him up. How cool is that? Whatever brought the psalmist down, God lifted him up. And whatever brings you down, God can lift you up if you wait on the Lord. Because those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings like eagles. All right, verse 3. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. I just thought when I read that, he put a new song in my mouth. Um, You know, I'm not much of a singer, but I like making up songs. Songs. And uh, I'll just get a little ditty in my heart and just sing it, driving down the road. You know, you worship your way out of trouble, right? And you don't, let me say that, let let me better say that. Worship your way. I don't think you worship your way out of trouble. You worship your way in and through trouble. You may actually never get out of the trouble, but you worship your way in the midst of trouble. Worship is the way, it's the highway to the heart of God. And so whatever road you're walking and whatever stumbling blocks are before you, worship changes atmospheres. And you need to do it out loud with your mouth, even if you're tone deaf or partially tone deaf like me. It's okay, because I think when it comes to, to that, God is also tone deaf. God only hears the language of the heart, right? So we worship our way in and through and amidst trouble. So verse 3b, many will see in fear and put their trust in God. The way we go through adversity is our greatest witness, I think. There might be something that ties it, but the way that we go through trouble and walk through trouble and worship through trouble and wait through trouble and trust through trouble, it's not about God getting you out of trouble. It's about how God gets into you in trouble. I make these things up as I go, and I'm thinking, is that good theology? That's actually good theology. It's not about God getting you out of trouble. It's about God getting into you in the midst of trouble, like getting your attention, waking you up. So as, uh, as you do that, many will see and fear. I think of uh, a pastor named Peter Barnes in Winston-Salem at First Presbyterian Church. His wife um, was diagnosed with cancer, walked out of battle, a uh, long walk with her through cancer. And I just remember watching the way that Peter suffered and suffered openly and suffered well and suffered in faith. And he worshiped his way all the way through it. It wasn't easy. It wasn't pretty. But I just think of people that that go through hard times and their their worship of God and trust in God is the greatest witness that, that can possibly be had. So uh, Sheila says, there's the bonus. Well, there it is. Um, all right, Brandon, what are you hearing, man? Um, my, my I don't know, take this
1: or leave this. My dad used to have a saying for us growing up. And granted, we didn't grow up Christians, so he had this saying, <laughs> What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, yeah. and um, I don't know. I think uh, I think that, that that could tie into to a lot of this. Of you know, I've seen similar stories and situations like that. Um, people going through very very hard things and just their their faith being at, at core of that and going through it well. And then I've seen people um, do the opposite. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think I think that a lot of what you were just saying is yeah. is really
0: true. There's a tenderness in people who suffer with Christ. Um, there's like a childlikeness. There's a softness. People who suffer without turning to Christ, there's a hardness. The people who suffer while walking with Christ, even in the midst of pain, there's a tenderness in them. All right, I'm going to skip down to verse 6 because that's what I want to do. Uh, Sacrifice and offering you have not desired, but you have given me an open ear. It it says down at the bottom, uh, Ears you have dug for me, burnt offering and sin offering you've not required. I like that. So sacrifice and offering um, you've not desired, but ears you have dug for me. I think being open to hearing and doing God's will is more important than just going through religious motions. So that's why I say things like uh, my friend Mike taught me, "Don't, don't do devotions, live devoted. So it's more important to, to have a heart that desires to do God's will and open ears than it is just to go through the motions of religion uh, without having a desire. It's better than sacrifice, better than offering is that you have ears to hear the voice of God. So God doesn't desire to sacrifice and offering, but you've given me, you've dug ears for me. I love that, God digs ears for us. So our invitation is always to this deeper level of listening. The invitation is always to a deeper level of listening. You're not always going to hear right. You're not always going to get it right. I think that God cares more about your intention than what God does about your performance. So the intention to listen, the desire to listen, the desire to follow, your father in heaven looks at you like you would look at a, at a three-year-old tri- child trying to learn to ride a bike. You just you love the intention. You love the trying. You know you're going to fail, but that's not the heart of the father to be like, okay, put the bike up. You failed. Um, so God inclines his ear to us. And the question that came to me was, do we incline our ears to God? All right, verse 8. Um, let's see. I desire to, to do your will. Oh, my God, your law is written on my heart. I desire to do your will, O God. Your law is written on my heart. The thought I had there is the deepest truths are already within you. It's one of the reasons they say, you know, there'll there'll come a day where you won't have to teach one another because the law is written on the heart. The law is written on stone, then the law is written on parchment, and the trajectory all, all the way through the prophets, even in Jeremiah, is that it's an internalization of the law of God on your heart that you You do the law of God, the way of God. You live the ways of God from the inside out. Now, we read Scripture. We learn Scripture. We submit ourselves to teaching. We seek to grow. We seek wise counsel. But at the end of the day, the deepest things that you need to know, you already know them. That's why when you hear them, you go, oh. You know, there's a Jewish saying, and I'm going to get it wrong. Forgive me for not having it right. You could Google it for yourself. But there's something, and Brandon, you might know this. It's been so long since I've read it. But it's like when an angel is born, or when a baby is born, then an angel pops them on the lips. And uh, that's the reason you have that little thing in at the top of your lip. And it makes you forget so much of what you knew. That, that you come into the world, I, th- I think that so many times we, we have these deep knowings because we've come from God and we're returning to God. And, and sometimes we just need to listen to that deep inner knowing. The core of who you are is not evil. You, the, the, the story of original sin is a story that picks up midway through the story. That's in Genesis chapter 3. You are originally designed in the image of God. Yes, you're a sinner. Yes, you're saved by grace. I get all that. You were created in God's image. Your deep. The deepest truth about you is not curse or sin. It is imago dei. It is the image of God, the imprint of the divine upon you. The deepest knowings that you have. The deepest knowings you have are the intuitions of the Holy Spirit who has written the law of God on your heart so that now you do the law of God out of the out of the desire that comes from the Spirit within you. So that's verse 8. Brandon, what thoughts do you have, my friend?
1: Hmm. I'm not sure, Tommy. i okay. be honest with you. I'm not sure. You, uh, you touched on a few things there um definitely about desire and heart um being yeah. being bigger than um religious
0: yeah
1: activities yeah.
0: um verse eight yeah just i think and, and i think that's part of the sanctification process as well right like as we're going through these
1: things things are being revealed to us whether yep. Whether they're being revealed from deep deep within or whether um, you know, we are We are learning as we're going I think either way. Yeah, you know You're, you're, you're shaping your heart and we are constantly shaping our hearts mm-hmm. by the, the Rituals that we have the habits that we have that's yeah. why liturgies within yeah. the church right. can be so so impactful, right? That's why we don't just you know take communion once on Easter, no, we do it every week.
0: Yeah, because these liturgies, um, they are they are teaching our yeah. heart, and they're they're
1: doing something in our hearts. Um, yeah, I don't know how I got to that,
0: but yeah. yeah, you know, there's a bit of a paradox here because there there is this in scripture that the heart is deceitful and wicked above all things, right? And yet, there's also in scripture that the law of God is written on your heart, so you can get it wrong, you can get it deeply wrong. But I think that the more you lean into God's spirit, the more you clarify and awaken to the voice of the one who's been speaking to you all along. And there's a deep knowing that resonates and you know it the longer you live. It's like, how do I know when I've met the one or how do I know when I've fallen in love? You just know it. I don't know how to teach you. You just know it. And so I think that the spirit does that same in us. Yeah. Um, Tommy, it's interesting to hear you like refute original sin because so much because I think. A lot of, it's the language of it saying right. this is original right. sin that right. you don't you don't really right. care for. That's right.
1: Because you're not refuting the curse that happens in Genesis three at all.
0: How could I? It's in the book.
1: Right. Yeah. So I, I find that I find that really
0: interesting. Yeah. Just um, as death language. came through one man, so life came through the second Adam, right? So correct. Yeah. yeah. Language can be helpful and hurtful at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Original original sin means when I say you know he's the. Uh, you know, he's the original whatever. You think, oh, that's the first, that's the original, that's the authentic. And and that's just that's not the story. Nobody right. says that the story begins in Genesis chapter three. It doesn't. You know, it, it's God creating and God looking at the whole thing, and it says, God saw that it was good. God didn't even have to say that it was good because God saw that it was good. And it's like, this is obvious. It's obvious to me, it's obvious to everyone. This is great. God created Adam and breathed into him the breath of life. He became a living soul. That was the soul of God within man. How can you say that's original sin? That's not. That's theological crack. That's horrible theology. Sin comes later. Curse comes later. The deepest part of the deepest knowing, the deepest, that's, that's original blessing. That's what we need to talk about, original blessing. Yes, you sin. Yes, you carry within your veins the propensity to do evil. Paul was clear on that. I don't do the things I want to do. I do the things I don't want to do. Jesus was clear. He called people sinners all the time. But the thing is, is that's not the deepest part of who you are. The deepest part of who you are is the beloved of God. You can't get behind the beginning, right? If God, my daughter may do things that break my heart one day, but she can't get behind the beginning. I still have memories of who she is. I'll always know who she is no matter what she does. And she'll always be to me who she is, no matter what she does. So if anybody were to say to me, she's just a this and this or that and the other, after I punched them in the face, I would say, that's not who she is. I know who she is. You don't know who she is. So shut your pie hole, right? So, um, all right, well, here we go. We are always, and here's a final thought for you. We are always in need of something and always experiencing new life and deliverance. So that's a bit of a paradox. David is like, man, I'm in the pit. I'm not going to get out of this. And yet at the same point in time, God is delivering him. So there's this paradox of you're never going to have a time in your life for very long where you're not going through something. We're constantly going through something, but we're constantly being delivered. So we need to make sure that we're pointing out the deliverance as much as we're pointing out the suffering. Sometimes Elizabeth will just have to look at me and she'll say, you Remember six months ago when you were dealing with that? You're not dealing with that anymore. I know you've got something going on right now, but that's a different thing. Look at what happened before. You thought that was the biggest thing in the world, and we've moved on. And I'm like, you know what? You're right, because I can get so tunnel-visioned on whatever is going on in the here and now. And David's like, oh, yeah, God's the one who uh, I waited patiently for the Lord. And that's really the invitation. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord in, sil- in silence. Wait for the Lord in prayer. Wait for the Lord in worship. Waiting doesn't require a whole lot of energy. It's not passive. It's, a, it's an intentional seeking, but... Sometimes the hardest thing to do is just to wait to do nothing. So let's see here. Get some amens in there. Original blessing, who I was made to be. Yeah, God determines who you are. Sari has a shirt that says God, I, I am who God says I am. I love it, she still wears it. I am who God says I am. That's the final word on you. You are who God says you are. And God says you're beloved. All right, final thoughts, comments. Hit the share button. Let's get the word out there, my friends. What else, Brandon? I don't got too much else, man. That was uh, that was cool. Well, think about what you heard tonight, my friends. Think about it, and take something away from this. Go back through Psalm forty one through eight. Where is God asking you to wait? You can birth an Ishmael, or you can receive an Isaac. Maybe go back and read that story in Genesis. Think about the Ishmaels that you're birthing. Wait on the Lord. It's like waiting on your father. Sometimes you rush ahead and you just need to slow down. You just say, Dad, I need to slow down a little bit. I've been rushing ahead. I'm so busy. It's like, where are you going so fast? What are you trying to get to? One time the Lord said to me, where are you going? Like, where are you going so fast? Like, I don't know. I don't know it's kind of like the people who do speed golf they go and they pay to play a round of golf and then they do it as fast as they can so they can get to the 18th hole what what are we what are we doing it's like the child who's like five and she's like i just wish i was 10. then she's 10 she's like i just wish i was 13. she's 13. i wish i was 16. she's 16. i wish i was 18. 18. just wish i was 21. then all of a sudden she's 35 she's like i just wish i was 21. she's 21 you know She just wishes she could go back. So let's just enjoy today. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart and wait for the Lord. That's good, Christine. Thank you. Psalm 23, 27, 13. Well, Brandon, I love you. Love to all of my friends out there. And uh, we'll see you uh, tomorrow morning. Brandon, who's doing devotions tomorrow? Do you remember? (laughs) I am. You are? Oh say what we're talking about. Hey, Let's guess say, what, everybody? Uh, if you go back and look at who got the most number of uh, views on Facebook Live, turns out it's this guy right here. This yeah. bad guy, Brandon. And I'm saying that so that he'll get prideful and then the Lord will give him, like, no views tomorrow and it'll be great. It's,
1: it's definitely not a competition. But it's, if it was,
0: I would be winning. You would... <laughs> Coming from a former professional soccer player, I sense no competition in that at all. All I say is go Deeks. I was given this shirt by the head golf coach for Wake Forest, uh, Jerry Haas, the uh, brother of uh, senior tour player Jay Hoss, uncle of Bill Haas, for all you golf fans. Well, you should have walked on,
1: Tommy. That's still a missed
0: opportunity for you. What's that? I could have walked on. You know, I tried to walk on at Wake Forest. I was like a 35-year-old person, and uh, I called the golf office, and I said, uh, I said, hey, when are like tryouts for walk-ons? And uh, I didn't really sir. think I could make it. I didn't think I, I know it. In fact, I know I wouldn't have made it. I just wanted to say I tried. And they are like, uh, sir, we 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 don't have walk-ons. <laughs> There's no tryouts. There's no yeah. tryouts. Yeah, you don't try out for Wake Forest. You, you yeah. just don't get invited. <laughs> because go Deeks.